This is With Intrepid Heart Sermons, sermons by Rev. Adam Moline of Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Lincoln, Nebraska. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, chapter 22. And again Jesus spoke to them in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding feast for his son, and sent his servants to call those who were invited to the feast, but they would not come. Again he sent other servants, saying, Tell those who are invited, See, I have prepared my dinner, my oxen and my fat calves have been slaughtered, and everything is ready. Come to the wedding feast. But they paid no attention and went off, one to his farm, another to his business, while the rest seized his servants, treated them shamefully, and killed them. The king was angry, and he sent his troops and destroyed those murderers and burned their city. Then he said to his servants, The wedding feast is ready, but those invited were not worthy. Go therefore to the main roads and invite to the wedding feast as many as you can find. And those servants went out into the roads and gathered all whom they found, both bad and good. So the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to look at the guests, he saw there a man who had no wedding garment. And he said to him, Friend, How did you get in here without a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Then the king said to the attendants, Bind him hand and foot, and cast him into the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. This is the gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. In the name of Jesus, amen. Dear Christians, so many parables begin with the same words. The kingdom of heaven is like. That's what our parable this morning begins with. And when we hear these words, what Jesus is saying, that if we listen to the parable, we'll get a small picture of what God's kingdom looks like. Unfortunately, when we hear these words, the kingdom of heaven is like, I think very often we look far ahead as if the kingdom of God is far off, if it's in our future, if we haven't yet entered it. But dear friends in Christ, today's parable clearly tells us that the kingdom of God is present now. It's not just some far-off thing that we have to look forward to. It's present, here and now. We are already members of that kingdom. Now, I know that's kind of a hard thing for us to understand, especially as we live in a fallen, sinful, challenging world. Day by day, we face so much sorrow and suffering that comes about because of sin. So often we ask, how could this be the kingdom of heaven? Our eyes are blinded to the reality of what's going on around us, even right now. So repent, dear Christian, and know 
You are a citizen of God's kingdom right now. You are partaking of God's kingdom right now. Even as you suffer in your day-to-day life in this world, you belong to God now. Even as you temporarily live here in this world. Now this is a really important thing to keep in your mind as we look at our parable for today. That God's kingdom is present now. Because in our parable we see what God's kingdom can be compared to. A king who is giving a wedding feast for his son. In our parable, the king is God and the son is Jesus. And the wedding feast is the kingdom of God present among us. In other words, the wedding feast is the divine service. Heaven on earth. Now, the king sends out his servants to invite people all over the place into his wedding feast. These servants sent out are prophets, evangelists, and pastors. They go out and they speak the very words that the king has sent them to speak. Come into the wedding feast. And so it is that prophets, evangelists, and pastors have gone out all throughout the history of mankind, inviting people into God's heavenly wedding banquet. The word, come, keeps on being preached over and over again. Just as the sower keeps throwing out the seed, so too does God keep on inviting. Come to the wedding feast. Now, key to this particular parable is the way that those who hear the invitation respond. In our parable, there's really three different groups of people who all hear and respond in a different way. The first group hears the invitation preached by Prophets, evangelists, and pastors come into the wedding feast. But the first group ignores God's word. God says, come on in. And they don't even respond. They reject God's invitation. They choose to remain pagan, apart from God, in their sin, and they don't even care. These are those who have no time to come to church. These are those whom we all know from our families, jobs, and from the neighbor that lives down the street. The one who gets angry when you keep on inviting them to church. The one who would rather join a church that doesn't believe anything than to join a confessional church body. These are those who love their lifestyle choices more than they love God. These are those who live lustful lives outside of God's institution of marriage. These are those who steal, who love politics more than the real God. These are those who gossip 
and tear down. Do you see what God does in our parable lesson? He calls them all the same. He invites them in. God desires their presence. But they don't care. As the parable goes on, they in fact kill and persecute those servants that God sends to preach to them. They are apathetic to God, but God is not apathetic to them. When he sees that they have rejected God's word, God's invitation, he tries one last tactic to call them to repentance. He sends troops to destroy them, to burn down their cities, to repay their apathetic persecution of God's servants. It's one last call to repentance for their sin. In history, God has done this many times in many ways. Perhaps the most well-known, and I think the one that Jesus is foretelling in our parable today, is when the Roman general, son of the emperor Vespasian, Titus, destroys and burns down the city of Jerusalem. And yet, God has done the very same thing throughout history by sending war, pestilence, famine, poverty, hunger upon people who would not heed his word, but instead trusted in themselves. Be alert, dear Christian. For I believe that even now God is acting in such a way for our own nation, calling us to repentance. Repent for that reason, dear Christian. The first group God invites and they ignore, persecute, and kill. The second group of people also hear God's word, as do the third. And at first, they appear to be the same. They have heard God's call, come to the wedding feast. And they have obeyed. They darken the doors of the church regularly. They sit in the pews. They hear the sermons. They sing the hymns. They call themselves Christians in their day-to-day -day lives. And yet between the second and the third groups, there is a difference. Something is not the same amongst all of them. The one group is clothed in the wedding garments of God. The other group is not. They are not dressed the same. Those who wear the wedding garments of God are dressed and clothed in the robe of Christ's righteousness that covers all of their sin. In other words, they believe in Jesus. They trust in Jesus above all other things. 
but the one at the wedding feast who is not properly clothed is lacking that very faith. Because they do not trust Christ, they still bear their own sin, guilt, and shame. They still lack trust in God. These last two groups are both present, sitting in the pew. But what Jesus is teaching us is that there are hypocrites in the church. There are those who do not believe that we see sitting in the pews on Sunday morning. We might not be able to tell the difference. We cannot peer into people's hearts, but God can. What happens in our parable when the king sees someone dressed wrongly? He has their feet bound, their hands tied behind their backs, and he casts them out into the outer darkness where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth, where the worm does not die, where the flame does not go out. The one dressed improperly, the one without faith, is cast into hell for eternity. His masquerade may fool the other wedding guests, but it will not fool the Lord, who sees things as they really are, and who in the end will make all things right. Many are called, Jesus says, but few are chosen. And so the three groups, those who outright reject God's word and have no time for him, those who hear God's word and believe it and are clothed in the mercy, grace, and forgiveness of God earned by Jesus Christ. And finally, the hypocrite who acts like a Christian but has no faith. That's the parable. That's what Jesus is speaking of. What does it matter to us? Why does Jesus preach this parable? What should you, dear Christian, take from what Jesus says. You ought to take your sin seriously. You ought to repent of that sin. You ought to repent and believe in our Lord Jesus Christ and only in him for salvation. You sit here in the pews, and that is good. But what outfit are you wearing? When God sees you, what does he see? Does he see you in the robe of Christ's righteousness that covers all of your sin? Or does he see through that false facade of self-justification and sin?
Repent, dear Christian. Repent. You do not belong to God's kingdom because of your worldly righteousness. You do not belong to God's kingdom because you donate more money than the others in this church. You do not belong to God's kingdom because you sit in the coveted front pews or in the back either. You do not belong to God's kingdom because you merely memorized the small catechism even though you don't believe it. Repent. Repent. Selling out to the world, supporting popular ideas like abortion, Planned Parenthood, transgenderism, social justice, socialism, capitalism, or any other idea pushed on you by the media does not save you. Repent. It doesn't matter for your salvation if you watch CNN or Fox News. Repent. God doesn't save you because you live in a nice house in a nice neighborhood or because you live in a bad house in a slum. Repent. God doesn't save you because of you at all. Your sin is too great. If you trust in yourself, if you trust in any of these ideas, if you make excuses for yourself, if you justify yourself based on the ideas of the world, when God looks at you, he will see through that facade. You will not be dressed the proper way. Repent. If you trust in yourself, when the day of judgment comes, you will be cast out of the Lamb's wedding feast. Repent. Repent. And be clothed by God. Cast aside your own self-justification and let Jesus clothe you properly. It is Jesus who clothes Christians properly, at least in God's eyes. He calls them into his wedding feast through the preaching of his word. Come to the wedding feast. Come here. It is just as in John chapter 2. When the one disciple says, I have found the Christ. Come and see. Thus God sends his word to you. And it's here in the waters of holy baptism, where your sin 
Your self-justification, your guilt and your shame are washed away and replaced with the robe of Christ's righteousness that covers all of your guilt, sin, and shame. It's in the waters of holy baptism that you are adopted into God's family. It's in the waters of holy baptism that you are renamed Christian. It is in the waters of holy baptism that you are dressed in the wedding garments God is looking for. God does that work to you. You are made a citizen of heaven. Once baptized, you are dressed in faith, righteousness, and holiness that comes only through Jesus Christ, who bled and died for you and for your sin. When God looks at you, baptized Christian, he sees Jesus and is glad. Believe it. It is true. That is how the proper wedding garment was placed on you. And it connects you to Jesus. You are called, you are washed, you are clothed, and you also eat now, here, the wedding feast of God. Heaven on earth, in, with, and under, bread and wine, Jesus, body and blood, for you to continually forgive your sins, to bring you grace and salvation, to strengthen your faith and trust in Jesus. God clothes you. God feeds you. God calls you. God defines you as Christian. God justifies. Repent of your sin and let God deal with you in that very way. And thus, dear Christian, as we began with, this is the kingdom of heaven. This is the wedding feast of the Lamb, the divine service where God gives those gifts to you, where we rejoice in what he has done, calling, gathering, washing, clothing, feeding us as Christians. Here we kneel and partake of God's holy feast. Here he gives us faith that looks to Jesus. You are a citizen of heaven. You partake of what God gives. Dear friends in Christ, many are called... Many reject, many fail to enter, many self-justify, many are clothed the wrong way. But you, in faith, are chosen. You, in faith, are saved. You, in faith, look to Jesus. In the name of Jesus, amen.
This has been With Intrepid Heart Sermons by Pastor Adam Moline. The words, With Intrepid Hearts, come from the conclusion to the Book of Concord where it is written, By God's grace, with intrepid hearts, we are willing to appear before the judgment seat of Christ with this confession, and give an account of it. We will not speak or write anything contrary to this confession, either publicly or privately. By the strength of God's grace, we intend to abide by it.